Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Oh, Charlie Whitehurst. Two for two. Bam! Already hit that in 1,000. You, you know who you're messing with? I do. I'm I do. a historian. Oh, baby. Yeah, that's right. You're looking at it. Uh-huh. Historian. Historian. That's what I am. I'm a wealth of football knowledge in this brain. And that clip right there was from uh, our last podcast together. It's been QB a while. QB Jeopardy. In a little while. Island five for five. Yes. Yeah. I, you know, know. Paulie Burmeister, Pete Dimalitis, they all, oh, this is too hard. He'll only get one or two. Shut up. All because right. Because you up? did so well <laughs> we got some last today? time. The championship version. Chan- championship Sunday. Championship weekend, yes. Right. This version of quarterback Jeopardy today I think is even harder than the last one. I, I would have a hard time thinking I'm not going to be somewhat all over this, all right? I'm just saying that. I just don't want you to Me, feel... the guy who could tell you each Super Bowl, the yep. score, the MVP, mm-hmm. I'd like to think I could think of the game before all those Super yeah. Bowls and figure it out. So we'll see. We it, will see. It's not just about the championship games. It's about some, uh, these quarterbacks and some anecdotal right. connections with the quarterbacks. Okay, that, I got you. I know. Yeah, so yeah. I, I just don't want you to feel bad yeah. if, if it doesn't go well. Okay, good. Don't worry. I won't feel bad. I okay. won't feel bad. I can feel bad. It's championships weekend or week altogether. And for the first time, right. you are not here in the studio. You have the entire weekend at An, home, correct? Entire weekend. So how's this going to play out Sunday? Oh, I, I mean, it's going to play out with, you know, trying to spend the first half of the day, hopefully to get a workout in. Got to be a dad in there somewhere. And then dad, right. Yeah. That's all it's going to be. Like my little boy, I think is going to have basketball practice, okay. something like that. They have, he does that. My little girl has horseback riding. All right. And then it'll probably... Entail me throwing somewhere near 150 balls to my. Oh, my, there's no doubt. Sunday, Mm -hmm. when the games are coming on, my little boy's gonna put his cleats on. He's gonna put his gloves on. He's gonna tell me he wants to run routes. You let him have it or you you take it easy? Yeah, you know, he's getting to the age where I can start to throw it a little bit for sure. And then he's gonna take the glove off and he's gonna tell me to move around and he wants to throw routes. And then we're gonna do it at halftime of the game and then in between the first and second game and then at halftime of the second game. What a day. So we're gonna have a lot of action on Sunday, but I am excited for it. It's awesome. You know who else is gonna be watching yeah. on Sunday as a fan? Philip Rivers. Got Ooh. the news today, he hung it up. And we've got a lot of games to talk about, or at least two very good games to yes. talk about. A lot we're to get break into them down. with those games. But gotta talk about number seventeen yeah. first. What jumps out to you when you think about his years of playing? Toughness, grit, in-your-face attitude that you don't see from a quarterback too often. 
Um, I, I think that's the number one thing. You talk about like Iron Men, right? Like consecutive games starting 252. streak. 252. It's insane. I always say that. Him and Brett Favre, to me, their record means more than a lot of the other quarterbacks that are yes. on this list because yep. they hung in the pocket and took shots Man. and never cared and just were like, what? I'm concussed. I'm going to do it again. Okay, great. So I have tremendous respect for Phillip Rivers. I mean, legend yep. of the league. Hall of Famer? I don't know. That's a it's a good question. I think it's a good one, conversation. It? I, I have a feeling he might be like another Phil I know, Phil Sims, yeah. legend who doesn't get into the into right. the into the Hall of Fame. So I mean, just thinking about that off the cuff, Rivers has more individual numbers. Your dad has a Super Bowl win sure, where he played right. extremely well. Yep. And I was thinking about it on the drive in of all the quarterbacks recently who have gone in without a Super Bowl title. I mean, I may be leaving somebody out here, but I think you're talking about Warren Moon. Yep. Dan Fouts. Right. Like, who else is there that was awesome but didn't win a Super Bowl that got in? So do you add Dan Rivers? Marino? I mean, okay, Dan but, Marino. There right. you go. You're, you're you know, three. Jim Kelly. Four Super Bowls. Though. I know, but you're right. I mean, I'm just throwing, I'm just throwing ones out there. You're right. right. I'm, so is, is he in that category? Love him. Think he's tremendous. Is he a Hall of Famer? I don't know. I, 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 would, I would err on saying no, that yeah. he just misses out. And I don't mean to – because I really like the guy. I respect him. Had a lot of fun watching him. I think that, first off, numbers are inflated. You know, guys like Dan Marino had these numbers that he had, you know, 30 years ago, Different 40 years ago. Different game. Yeah. So, you know, that's why I don't think these numbers will pop as compared to Dan Fouts and Marino and Jim Kelly, who did it in an era where they were doing it 20 years before their time. Yeah. That's where it's special. And I think ultimately what's going to hurt Phillip Rivers is just lack of marquee bulletin board type wins. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily his fault. Right. It's a team sport, as we always talk about. But at the end of the day, it's still what he's going to be judged on by a lot of right. people. And I think that will come back to bite him in the butt a little bit. It's going to be fun to follow in the next few years what happens with his candidacy and also Matt Ryan's when he hangs up. Because it's a similar, similar story. kind of player. I know. Matt doesn't have quite the same amount of uh, consecutive starts, although he's very good that way, he too. He is, right. Their numbers are going to be monster. Right. They have a lot of people who love them. Do you draw the line between really, really, really good and Hall of Famer with those two? It's going to be a It's fun a good combo. It is. Yeah. It's going to be something to watch going into the future. Ryan does have a Super Bowl appearance, does have the MVP on his belt, yep. right? So that'll help him out, too. But you're right. It's a similar guy. And to me, that's going to be one of the interesting things about just the Hall of Fame conversation as we go forward. The numbers of some of these quarterbacks, they're going to be eye-popping right. to especially older writers yes. who are around in the old age to go, whoa, look at these numbers. A little bit like the wide receiver position right now, too, sure. to where – I wonder if at some point we're going to hit a backlog. Of, we should. We should. We should. And I think that ultimately is going to lead them to going, you know what, we're, we're putting too many people in, too yeah. many quarterbacks in. Let's just try to stick with the elite ones. Yes. You know, I, I would say guys like Phillip Rivers just miss out. Eli Manning is one on the fence. He's pro- I'm going to say he probably gets in because his last name's Manning and he has two Super Bowls. Right. I don't know if he's really – I can sit here and tell you that I think he's better than Phillip Rivers or mm-hmm. anything like that. I think that's a very good combo. I, I think that comp is Jim yeah. Plunkett because sure. Jim Plunkett has a Super Bowl win sure. too, and he doesn't seem that close to getting in. I want to say one other thing about Rivers. Yeah, uh, please do. I was at his first game in 2006. He started in San Diego. Right. Covered a number of the other games. And this isn't any part of his resume. Just like one final raise your hand. He would always do an interview. 
Not just oh, the post-game yeah. in front of 40 people. Right. Side interview, you need the one-on-one, -on -one, you need it on the field, yep. or do you need it over here? He was terrific that way and always engaged. So I, I think about the football stuff first, but anytime his name comes up, I'm always thankful because he's one of the true pros who would do any interview anywhere after a game to represent his team. He's, you know, again, that's why you got to be careful about how you judge people on the field. Right. right? That's, it means nothing. I'm not a Hall of Fame voter, but it would be hard to – to keep that out. Yeah, well, and then the, the field stuff, so many people think Philip Rivers is a punk and things like that. You always hear that. He's just it's, fiery. Yeah, he's, dadgummit, I'm going to whoop your butt. Oh, screw you. I got that pass on you. Oh, yeah, keep hitting me, blah, blah, blah. But to your point and what you're saying, my experience with him off the field, anytime I've seen him around people off the field, he's top-notch. Polite as can be, yeah. you know, Catholic, religious, very much that way, doesn't swear, treats everybody the right way. And uh, I, I got a lot of respect for him that way, too. That's why you can't judge guys as a person by what they do in the field. Mm -hmm. The field is a different animal. People change. Brian Dawkins is the nicest human I've ever seen in my life. Sunday afternoon, he became Wolverine, and he was not the nicest person I've ever seen in my life. So, right. you know, there's, there's, there's a switch there, and yeah. we can't judge on that. To your point that way, the last yeah. time I interviewed him, I think it was two years ago, in uh, Lamar's first playoff game in Baltimore, Phillip Rivers and the Chargers won that game. Right. And I was down in the field for the last couple of minutes, and he's jawing with the refs. He's yelling at the defense. I mean, almost to the point, like, you're, if you didn't know him, you'd be a little worried about yeah, it. Yeah, right. As soon as the game's over, I need an interview. I run up to him. First thing he says is, sure, Paul, um, can, can I go up in the stands to have my parents first? Yeah. And right. so he runs over there, talks to his family, and sprints back to do the interview on time. So yeah. that – that was That's him. the kind of guy he is. Yeah, so I would imagine we'll see him on this side of the business somewhere. No doubt. He's going to have a clamoring for him. I mean, I, I mean, I think, you know, yeah, he could be the next guy there as far as a Romo, $17 million a year type of guy. He's making a lot of comments, though. He wants to get into high school coaching. He wants to be a high school coach. I think that's what his be, dad did. Exactly. It's, yeah. I mean, I could certainly see him doing that. He's a teacher. He wants to stay competitive, all that. But, uh, hey, awesome career, Philip Rivers. Good luck to anything you do in the future. It was really fun watching you. And I certainly have a lot of respect for everything you did. Two awesome games to talk about Whoa. this weekend. Let's start of the AFC. First Whoa. of all, for guys who like to nerd out on the quarterback stuff, what? how terrific are these matchups Sunday? Like, Paul, I don't mean to sit here and talk about myself, but this is like the ultimate Chris Sims weekend. Right? It really is. I mean, I, I stuck my name to Patrick Mahomes coming out in yeah, the draft. Did? Yeah. I did it with Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. Yeah. I say Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback ever. Mm -hmm. And I've stuck in my note out the neck out there to say Brady's not the greatest quarterback <laughs> ever. So this is the ultimate four for me. Uh, and and I'm, I'm so excited. It, it, it was a year of the quarterback, a year of offenses. We kind of started out our year saying that. Yeah. Defenses would be behind. I'm not shocked to see that our most talented quarterbacks in our game are here in the year of – or in the final four here in the year of no offseason – you yeah. know, defenses couldn't do anything. Training camp was shortened. All of those total advantage offense. And uh, I, I didn't, this is going to be amazing. I think it's fun, too, to think about the fact that even though offensive coordinators in the league is more accepting of all the quarterbacks extending plays, and Rodgers uh, still does it very well, Josh right. Allen does right. it, Mahomes does it really well. Yeah. But these final four quarterbacks, as much as any quarterback in the league, from the pocket, can put the ball at any place, Definitely. any point in the field, no doubt. at any time. Yes, can make game-changing throws at any point in the football game to where you think you got momentum, and whoa, 
Doesn't matter who it is, Brady, Rodgers, Mahomes, Allen. Oh, whoa, there's a 45-yard laser. Whoa, momentum's right. back on their side. Uh-oh. I mean, they can switch just like that with all of these guys, and especially the weapons they all have at their disposal, too. That's where it's amazing. It really is. You know, we're seeing, yeah, I would say the three best quarterbacks in football and a quarterback that's old who is at least in that top ten conversation and with the right pieces around him can look like a top five quarterback, which he does look like right now. He's looked like a top five, right. I would say, past month. Yeah, past month, certainly. Right. No doubt about it. Yeah. No doubt. Now, And they're playing a certain style, and, they, of course, they're a really damn good right. team that, that fits him. And we'll get into the NFC. Right. We're going to hit the, the uh, AFC first. So. Let's let's kick off the Bills and the Chiefs, and yeah. we can do this with the Bucks and Pack too. With that Week Six game, both of these teams are, are, are rematches. Both these games rematches of what happened in Week Six. So Kansas City beat Buffalo twenty-six to seventeen. So the Chiefs get the win, but it was interesting how it played out yeah. in the sense that the Chiefs' offense didn't look the way we've become used to seeing it. It right. wasn't explosive. They didn't hit the thirties with their point total, but they found a way to win. So. What is still relevant three months later about that game? Well, I think there's not going to be a ton that's relevant. I don't think that we're going to be out now because both teams, I think, are in a different spot from where we were then to where we are right now. And I think the biggest thing is here with the, the thing I would, I think, hit on first off is, hey, yeah, we know Kansas City, everything like that, certainly. Hey, this game was a little bit of an adjustment for them, too. They were still getting used to, wait, teams are playing these deep coverages and coverages on us, and what are we going to do to answer that? Because the week before, you know, they had lo- uh, lost to the Las Vegas Raiders. The week before that, they had issues against the Patriots. They won in overtime a few weeks before that against the Chargers. So they were trying to, at this point to adjust to wait how are we going to attack these teams who play these vanilla deep dropping type uh, defenses against us and take away our big plays they were in the midst of trying to figure that out at this point um, the other side of that coin there is the Buffalo defense it's it's not even recognizable to where that it was at that point they were one a beat-up football team at that time not playing well and so vanilla on off on defense. I mean, it, it was embarrassing. Yeah. They played two defenses. I mean, it was like, well, well, well yeah, you're you're basically telling Kansas City, hey, look at this hole we've left on the left side. Just keep running here. Mm-hmm. And they were having issues at that time. Either way, I just think the big thing I'm trying to say is I don't know if we're going to see the same approach from either team in this matchup. Right. I think you could see it different on both sides of the ball here. The, the yeah, but with the Buffalo defense is. Kansas City scored in the 20s. Yes. They scored 26 points. So no matter how vanilla they were, right. how the personnel might look different, if you're Leslie Frazier, defensive coordinator, right now on this day, if you said to him, hey, would you take the Chiefs only scoring 26 points? Of course he would. Hell yes. Of course right? he would. So why, why change? Well, one, I don't, think th- I don't think that's a smart attack for the Chiefs. Well, why? You're, you're taking away your greatest thing, which is your weapons, the pressure Mahomes puts on you. If you want to run the football, that's cool. Okay, I'm okay with that. But what I would say would be different from the first time to the second time and how you run the football. In that first game, they got into like 21 personnel, and Mahomes was underneath the center, and they were running the ball. And that played into the hands of there's less trickery and things they can do in the pass game with that type of set. Yeah, we know they can make big plays off of play action and do that, but 
there's less moving parts to worry about in an offense that has a lot of moving parts. They basically just went, all right, oh, here's this formation. Yeah, you're going to have to stop the run or the play action. That's what you have to worry about. We know that's a deadly combination, but, but, but what I would say is Kansas City, you could put way more pressure on them by getting in the shotgun, spreading the field, and running some of those same run plays you had, mm. but they're going to have to worry about playing such pass defense that you'll still be able to run what I wrote in my notes, and I, I don't know if you got my notes from yesterday yes, or not, yeah, yeah. but I wrote one of the things like, you know, the, the 96 and 97 Wanda looks are incredible, which are weak side between the guard and tackle runs. That's where Buffalo got exposed against the Rams and a bunch of other teams early in the year on their defensive side of the ball, and that's what the Chiefs were doing too. All I'm saying is don't get in the eye formation and do that. You know, force their hand. Oh, we're all spread out. There's Kelsey. There's McCole Hardman. There's Tyree Kill. There's Sammy Watkins. We're all spread out. Now what are you going to do? Right. Because now we can run the ball, and we know we can do that. But, ooh, man, you got to worry about covering all these guys too. And that, to me, is where Kansas City will be different. Also within Kansas City knows how to attack the vanilla dropping zone defense now. Mm. They really, they were like we talked about, they were in the part of that season right there figuring out the remedy of how to do that. Right. And I think now they're, they, they know how to do it. So that brings me to my next question. Right. Do you think that Buffalo – and keeping in mind they did have success against Kansas yeah. City doing this. Do you think they are going to do the same thing, or is it going to look different? And before you answer, since that game, and that, yeah. was, that was two losses in a row. Right. Since then, their scoring defense, better than a touchdown improvement. Their third down defense, ridiculous improvement yeah. since that Kansas City game. Right. Do you think what they show Kansas City is going to look different than what they did in week six? Uh, yes, I do. I think we're going to see more of what we've seen from them with what you're talking about down this good stretch of defense, which is, I don't know what the hell defense this is. What are they disguising? What are they about to roll into coverage-wise and do that? Is that what they've been doing? That's what they've been doing. That's where they, be, that's where they turn this around. You know, not long after those two losses, they started to go, wait, we can't just play these vanilla defenses where quarterback can walk up and go, okay, I know the coverage. Oh, they're weak here. Oh, this guy can't cover. Okay, said Hunt. Oh, that was easy, six, seven yards. Great. You know, they started to finally disguise. They got healthy on that side of the ball. Matt Milano's back. Tremaine Edmonds is healthy right now. Teron Johnson wasn't a factor then. Levi Wallace, their corner, was hurt at the time. So they had issues. And they're going to have to take some chances on this one. There's no other way to say it. You know, the Bills' defense has been really good. The one advantage they've had here down the stretch, though, and even like last week, they've played a lot of one-dimensional offenses down the stretch. We can put all our eggs in, oh, it's New England? we got to stop the run. Oh, it's Baltimore? we got to stop the run. Oh, it's Pittsburgh? All we got to worry about is the pass. Mm. All we got to worry about. McDermott's unbelievable when he can, when he can like, pin you to – they're mainly this mm. team. What about him, Indy, though? They were fairly balanced. And they give them issues. Yeah. They were in deep shit. They couldn't stop the Colts. That's yeah. where I was just about to go. I mean, the Colts ran it and threw it at will. Mm. At will. They dominated. They won the game. There's one team had Josh Allen. The other right. didn't. Right. You know, so that is where I worry about this. And that's where I would say with Kansas City, you know, don't get in power running formations. You can still run the ball out of the shotgun mm -hmm. and be effective. But you're going to force Kansas City, I mean, Buffalo in a real bind of, wait, they can run on us, but, man, Kelsey and Tyreek one-on-one, yes, holy crap, right? what do we do? Right. Yeah. And that's where, you know, their disguises and things like that are going to have to come in really handy. 
And I think they're going to have to play some looks where it's like, oh, no, you got to throw it. We're all at the line of scrimmage. We're there. We're coming. You can't run it against this look in the shotgun. And then it's, you know, whitey, whitey, you know, that's how Mahomes, he's always a white 80 guy. Whitey. And as soon as he starts getting into that set hut, drop out. And now, okay, you you scared them out of the run play, and now they're in the pass play. They're going to have to do some of that and take some chances and maybe even void an area every now and then. But that's what teams that do beat Kansas City and give them issues uh, they, they do that. How often would you be comfortable putting your defense in a position where you're saying, okay, we're going to be aggressive, we're not going to be afraid, but do we want to be in man coverage against Kelsey and against Hill? Yeah. How often would you put your guys in that spot? Rare. Like, it's got to be a calculated time and risk. You know, cover zero, or do you have a free safety back? There? I would, I would, I wouldn't be doing too much cover zero. Not against this crew and this quarterback. I mean, you know, it's just like Josh Allen. We'll talk about that in a minute. It's just they make one blitzer miss, and then all of a sudden you go, "Whoa, our guy can't." There's no safety. He's got to yeah. cover Tyree Kill for another three right. seconds. Yeah. Woo! Touchdown. See ya, Kansas City. So, no, I think it'll have to be a rare cover zero blitz when they're not expecting it. Oh, it's a cover zero blitz in the middle of the second quarter, and then all of a sudden you see one early in the fourth quarter. Okay. And there's no rhyme or reason. It's just he feels like, oh, the personnel, the timing, I'm going to try it now. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't make a habit of it. So mostly the center fielder back there. Mostly the center fielder. I would say mostly single safety looks. Let's look like we're going to crowd the box, and we got to drop mm-hmm. the fuck out and get two yeah. safeties back deep. I mean, that, that's really what I think they're going to have to play most of the game or find – cool combination coverages to where, hey, yeah, you could cheat a safety down into the box. He's looking for coverage, but he's still down there as a body and a presence in the run game. They're going to have to figure out ways to do that type of stuff. On those times that Leslie Frazier does choose to play man, and I'd I'd like to see it a lot because why not be aggressive and take chances? You put your best cover guy on Hill or Kelsey? No, I I think, well, their best cover guy is Tredavious White. He's not big enough to play Kelsey, Mm -hmm. so he will be a Hill matchup. But this is, too, again, you know, they're not a big man-to-man team. You know, so th- they'll do it a little, but they don't want to play a ton of man-to-man. They want to play zones, and when they do blitz, they want to play blitz zone behind it and all that. And I think they're going to still continue to be that way, other than a dabble of a, oh, it's third and three, and they like to throw it short. Let's not let them just pick apart some zone mm-hmm. and get an easy first down. But for me, that, that'll be a big key. I don't think the Chiefs should let the Bills off the hook and play that style of we're going to run the clock and do that stuff. I don't think they're playing to their strength. And like I said, I think they've grown their offense now to a point where they don't have to do that if teams play coverage. Mm -hmm. They can pick you apart with a short passing game. They have plenty of that. And then dabble in the running game. I think that's going to put more pressure on the Bills. And the Bills pre-snap looks, like I said, they're going to have to take some calculated risk. They're going to have to disguise and scare them out of certain things and then drop out and hope they can stop the other things they're going to do off of that because they were scared. That would be some of the big things that, that jump off to me. And, you know, the talk about the shotgun thing, mm-hmm. they did that a little bit on the last two drives, and they absolutely gashed Buffalo in the game. Okay. They got in the shotgun. They spread it out a little bit. They ran that weak side run. And Buffalo, of course, was so worried about covering guys, it led to some – whoa, we got to run the ball here, and this is just two easy looks. Yeah. We'll see if they take a, a different route to defending this Chiefs offense. Do you see them keeping them in the 20s again, or do you think the Chiefs are up into the 30s where they're used to? I see this game as being a 30s game, I okay. think, this time around. I think it'll be a different game altogether. And, you know, let's not forget, the first time around, weather wasn't an issue. Mm-hmm. It was wet, kind of a rainy, windy right. night. 
And early on, both quarterbacks missed a few throws because the ball squirted out of their hands. You know, I don't think we're going to have any of those issues either. So, I, no, I think this is going to be this is going to be one of those rare games that I think is going to be totally different than the first time around. It's like okay. they played one style this way, but the teams have changed, and that was so far along ago that they're going to play a totally different style this game. At least that's what I'm envisioning. You said dabble there twice, which made me think that you want to switch it to Brian Dable <laughs> and the Buffalo offense going against the Kansas Let's City defense. It. And I know you just said you think it's going to be a lot different than game one, but I was looking back at your notes yeah. that you talked about from the first game. Right. I want to start there with Josh Allen against the Kansas City D. You wrote the Bills let the Kansas City defense off the hook. What you yes. mean? Well, I, I, a little bit of like what I just said there too. They played into Buffalo, and I had a conversation. I did a Josh Allen interview last Saw week. Saw that, yeah. He talked about, these two losses they had, the Chiefs and the Titans, those were the first two teams this year that this year that played soft zone dropping coverages to them too. They didn't know how to react. He he referenced it specifically to me last it, week. It was his worst game. It was his worst game. Yep. And he and he said he goes, I didn't handle it well, and I don't think we were prepared to like play that style of defense yet. We hadn't figured out how we wanted to attack it. They kind of did the same thing. The, the Chiefs did, where they tried to get in these, like, 21 personnel sets and get underneath the center, and we're going to run a balanced offense. And to me, it played into the hands of the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a feast or famine defense. They're a, everybody's at the line of scrimmage, and we're all out blitzing, or we're going to all out drop, and we're going to go into eight-man coverage and three, three rushers or four rushers and seven-man in coverage. That's what they do. When you're in 21 personnel and stuff, you know, that's, they're going to feel more comfortable about giving you those looks. They're going to go, okay, we can put one safety in the middle. Okay, that takes away the post. The corners can bail out. And now we can have eight guys, nine guys at the line of scrimmage, and either they're blitzing or they're dropping out, and we can, we can stop that type of stuff. To me, where you're going to put them in a bind is the same thing I kind of said again, where, no, you want to play feast or famine, and you want to, like, show all-out blitz and then drop out Kansas City? Whoa, well, you know what? This offense is a lot like your own offense. Hmm. And teams don't want to blitz Mahomes because he's awesome against it. Well, Pete, I don't know if I'm correct about this, right? But, I mean, Josh Allen's, what, the best quarterback in football against the blitz or at least top two or three. So it's, it's up there to where, like, if I'm them, and now we've developed that short passing attack that we talked about they weren't having because right. they got it now too because they've had to deal with it all year long. I, shotgun? Oh, you're going to play deep zones? Okay, we're going to throw the ball, blah, 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 blah. Oh, you're going to play really deep zones? Okay, we'll run it a little. Oh, and now you're going to show us the all out? Mm -hmm. Whether you all out or drop out, you're still going to leave guys in vulnerable positions. You know, I could tell you they tried to show an all out blitz against the Saints, the New Orleans Saints. The Saints called a go route down the right sideline. Tyrone Matthew couldn't get back into his deep half cover two safety thing quick enough. Emmanuel Sanders gets a touchdown down the right sideline. That's what you have to worry about if you play that style of defense. Oh, we're showing the all-out blitz. There's Tyrone Matthew at the line of scrimmage, but he's really going to drop back and play too deep coverage. Set hut. Oh, wait, Diggs got off the lines clean, and now Tyrone Matthew is trying to play too deep, and he's chasing a guy down the field already. That, to me, is what I meant by let him off the hook. Right. Sorry for that long answer. No, no, no. Yeah. It's, uh, it was a good explanation. And kind of tying together what you just said about the Bills offense, how they're playing now, and what you just said about the Chiefs offense, both of those offenses in Week 6 kind of had an aberration with how they attacked That's the defense yes. and the production or lack thereof. It's almost like they walked away from that game saying, 
screw that. We're dictating to the defense no matter what they do from here on out. I, I, I think that was the exact thing. And I don't know if you have my notes from yesterday, but I just wrote one of the last things I wrote in my notes from yesterday. I wrote on the bottom. I wrote, Bills let Chiefs off the hook. They didn't utilize their greatest weapon. Number 17, Josh Allen. That's their greatest weapon. You're talking about him letting him throw more? Letting or him throw, more? letting him make plays behind the line of scrimmage, doing all of those. They have the right short passing game attack now, and he understands how to play within that game. He's taking care of the football. He knows how to get out of the pocket and make plays and also take care of the football. You know, that to me is where they can put great pressure on the Kansas City Chiefs, and that, that to me is what should be different from the first time around. They kind of, yeah, I don't think knew how they wanted to attack. I think Sean McDermott, the defensive coach in him, still was like, wait, we can't throw the ball every play. I'd like a little balance. And I think he realized, like, not shortly after that, he just went, wait, screw this. This is what we're best at. Mm -hmm. And this puts pressure on teams and defenses. And I think that's where they dropped the ball, and that's where I think they will change this next time around. Did, did you get the same breaking news in your ear that yeah. I just got? The big fucker's here? Yeah. He's here. Cool. Hey. What a way to be introduced. I like that. Hey, how are you? We're, we're doing a you know, little breakdowns. Uh, we already did a little bit of the Chiefs. We did Chiefs offense versus Bills defense. You know, I've gone back and watched the first matchups and just talking about things that, that jumped out to me. Right now we're on Bills offense versus Chiefs defense. But, okay. But basically so was wait, making wait, the Let's go back. Hold on. Yeah. So the first thing you did was KC's offense against Buffalo's defense. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, don't, I didn't hear it, but I would say – uh, the t Buffalo Bills went, okay, that was a really stupid game plan. Exactly. That's kind of what I said, exactly. And they're not the okay, same defense. Yeah. They don't play that style anymore. Well, they don't play that style. We see them. One thing you got to like about them is the fact that they will adjust week to week. Right. I mean, look at the defense they ran last week. They made a lot of mistakes for a good team, but it didn't matter. They were playing to – Lamar was not going to win the game running the football or try to stop them, the whole team doing right. it. And so they took chances, <clears throat> excuse me, blue coverages, people running free, but it didn't matter because the pressure and everything was so fast or whatever. It kept Lamar from maybe finding some guys. Even when he did, he had a couple chances, but, you know, he was throwing off balance and couldn't get the ball to where he wanted it. But, yeah, that, that's the first thing that came to my mind, how Buffalo will play this game. It's, it's it's almost like watching the New Orleans Tampa Bay game. Right. Tampa Bay changed offense and defense style of play against them, and of course it worked very well for them in the game. Yeah, I I, I, I I think we'll see the same thing this week. I I, I do too. I, I I was I just said to Paul. I just said I think we'll see two totally different attacks from both of these football teams. I don't think this is going to be a similar type of game. Uh, one of the things I said just since you're talking about with the Chiefs offense. You know, that game, they lined up underneath the center and got in 21 personnel and ran the yeah. football. Like, I don't think there's any way they do that this week. And to me, I, no I would tell, say no. that's a mistake if they do do it. No, they're not going to do that because they don't want to do that. Right. And, and, and look, they're running back there. He was very good. Somebody said, why? I don't, is Le'Veon Bell, was he healthy? He was healthy, yes, he was. I believe he yeah, was, well, yeah. They played Williams just because, really, he fit, he fit the offense. He's more of a power runner. I don't know. He might be faster. I He's don't know. Faster, but he really yeah. fit what they wanted to do, I right. think. that's Because right. I was just asked this morning, why did they play Le'Veon Bell more? Because I think they think the other guy's better. Right. And, you know, simple. But um, I kind of lost my train of thought as I talked about that. But, you know, yes, here's it. Kansas City, 
is not going to take their greatest player, right. Patrick Mahomes, and right. say, let's play a different game, hand the ball off and all that. No, they're not going to take that chance. Just like Buffalo against the Baltimore Ravens, why'd they throw it every down? Yeah. Because they weren't going to waste a play on a run. Right. I mean, what were they going to do against that front? Exactly. I mean, they're not going to move it around and do all that. That's, Buffalo does not have the power to do that. No. Now, of course, they want to get blended in a little better next year, but that's not who they are right now. No. So, yeah, that's it, what, it was, I mean, that's where I look at both teams, and that's why we're on Bill's offense right now, Dad. But it, it's kind of the same thing for, for them, too. Like, like you just said about they don't want to play that style. They're going to put the ball in the best player's hands and go down fighting that way. You, you know, you, you I do. You know, it's, it's a great point. I just – the Bills – here's my first thought. The Bills offense, Kansas City was very aggressive against, I think, a better set of skilled people with the Cleveland Browns than Buffalo has because I'm including tight ends, running backs, offensive line. Yeah. Uh, a good receiving core. Rashard Higgins has, has showed us that he is really – you know, he's a, a really he's a really capable, good number two solid receiver. NFL receiver. Right, right. And Jarvis Landry is just – I hate you know. Listen, he just he can play. That's it. He's tough as hell, and he can really play. Yep. And all those things. I don't see that when I see the Bills. So that is one concern right off the bat. You take away Stephon Diggs, and I know Cole Beasley's been really good, but he's not at a hundred percent still. I didn't think he was watching the tape from no. last week's game. No. Nope. So, man, and he ran almost the same route every play. He did go down the middle, whatever, a couple times, but. That would concern me because the Chiefs are willing to do many things. I thought they were extremely aggressive against Cleveland. A lot of bump and run, whatever. Because why? They saw Baker pick apart the zone of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, yeah, they weren't do that. Right. Yeah. And it's not their personality anyway. They always want to be the bully. Uh, and Steve Spagnola does. Chris Jones, every good player in the team, they, they just want to go and they, they want to make it into a fight. Yeah, and they force the issue. They're at their best. Yeah, they, that, that's exactly right. They force their issue. And that's why I just go with Buffalo, like the way they played the first time around. That doesn't make sense. You know, oh, all these guys at the line of scrimmage. Oh, we're going to all out blitz, be in your face, play man to man. Oh, we're going to fake the all out blitz and drop out. And now you're, you know, in 21 personnel. And okay, a play action fake doesn't matter. Some of these guys are running and turning out. They're, they're in the. The like, yeah, we faked the blitz and now we're in coverage. It's not going to have the same effect to where I would go with Buffalo, you know, kind of like what dad just said with Kansas City. You know, the, the, the pressure your team is built through your quarterback and your offense, it's going to be part of the, how you're going to win this football game. It's going to help your defense out too. Mm-hmm. And I just think they have to play through that. And if they want to run the ball, just be in the shotgun, just like we just talked about with Kansas City. Okay, wait, this is such a look. The safeties are 30 yards deep, okay, and we got a, a gap here. Okay, we're going to run the ball. But not just run the ball just to go, oh, we're going to be balanced and we want to keep Mahomes off. No, Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills, Sean McDermott. You, you, to me now, it's about you have to show no fear of Mahomes in Kansas City and just go, right. we got our own over here, and we're willing to go blow for blow with you. Right. Yeah, I like it. You know, I think the other thing is, too, you know, okay, you're a Buffalo Bills fan. Can they win the matchups with their offense? Can they stay on the field and and do enough? Because, you you know, I watched the game pretty close uh, last week's game. I did it, yes, what's today, Wednesday? So Monday I got up and right away I said, i got to watch these games. I was dying to know some things and all that. And I thought Cleveland, you know, did some really good things. I thought Baker played really well, which 
surprises me. Some people think he didn't, and I just go, well, you didn't watch the game. Um, but um, they're good. They're, can Buffalo stay on the field long enough with some drives and Josh Allen completing throws, moving, that kind of stuff, to tire out that defense? Right. And when I talk about their defense, I'm talking about all the big guys up front. Yeah. Because Kansas City is. They're, they're, they're huge up front. Right. And they got guys, you know, so – and even Chris Jones watched him really close in the game. No doubt. Listen, Cleveland had a couple of drives, and Chris Jones was like, are you yeah, – I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking, but I know he was really tired yeah, and not yeah. a force in some of those drives. I do think so th- Buffalo, those are interesting things. Right. I think Always, Buffalo can, can do that, though, Can you stay on the field Dad. long enough? Yeah. What's that? I think Buffalo can do that. I, I, Buffalo well, I think that, has yeah. showed me enough of a short passing game and a surgical oh, yeah. approach to where I would say they'll be able to do that. Will they be consistently, effectively? I don't know, but I, I certainly think it's in them to, to play that way. Yeah. So Can they do the guys, short passing game and make it work against man-to-man and all that? That's see, you know, I think Kansas City's a little better in the secondary than we all kind of think, yeah, too. I, I, you're These right. guys keep getting better every time I watch them. Right. You know, Ward, uh, you, know, is play, you know, he's really – you know, Breland, they both kind of stick out. And Tyron Matthew, I mean, come on. Yeah, no, He's there's ridiculous. a lot of good ones. There really is. Yeah. There is. Sorensen, who you, we always looked at him and just go, okay, when are they going to replace him? When's they going to, you know, and not now I'm going, you know, he's really good. Yeah. He's found his role. He's become a playmaker, whatever. Really knows how, what to do on the defensive side. I mean, they've done a, they've got a lot of players that are starting to really come through for them here in the last, this year, and even at the end of last year. Full of ballers. That's why right. it's hard to pick against them. That's why it's every game we go, oh, this, could this be the week they lose <laughs> right. and this team can figure it out? And, oh, Patrick Mahomes is concussed and they won't figure it out. Oh, that's right. They got a lot of other damn good players on the team, too, and they figure right. it out. I, I've heard both yeah, of you. You know, one, one big point, I, I, I'm going to look at the New Orleans game really close here today because New Orleans did a great job of keeping Patrick Mahomes in the pocket. And, you know, of course, he got out some, and he made an unbelievable touchdown throw. But I would give him that opportunity ten times, and he's going to make it once. So even Patrick Mahomes, uh, I can't remember who caught it in the back of the end zone. He moved left and threw it. But, you know, the one thing I always learned from Bill Belichick, and they still do it to this day, and other coaches would tell me, hey, Sims, you know, we want to play 11-on-11. I'm going, okay. Yeah, <laughs> but if our defensive ends are behind the quarterback, mention her name because you won't say it again. Yeah, and and I just laughed. I go, okay, I got that. You know, and, and it was true. You know, they weren't worried about sacking the quarterback. They were worried about staying around him. And you know, oh, can he see his clean? Does he have a lane to move? Oh no, we've done that. And you know, that will really be interesting. I want to see how Buffalo, what they did with him when he did pass. If they had a good um, game plan to make sure he didn't move around too much. No, not that great. I can tell you they didn't because I watched it yesterday and he ran around on them. Put your hero card away. Everybody stay in your lane and don't let him break, you know, outside. Usually he breaks outside over the top. Of course, a lot of times if you go up the field, he's going underneath and he's going to move. Yeah. He's not even going to look to see who's open. He's just going to, hey, oh, you gave me that lane, I'm taking it. it. I admire that about him and. You know, as I was told, just they would say, hey, yeah, more quarterbacks are moving in the NFL, more than ever. They're all moving. And one of the reasons why is we got a lot of hero ball. Let's get the quarterback. And then, yeah, these tackles, push them out of the way, and 
oh, man, I don't know whether to run right or left because there's a big lane both sides. So that'll be – that's something I'm going to look for, probably talk about, I hope. I don't know. I haven't decided what I'm going to say. You know, we got a 30-minute show, so I'm going to get two statements probably, so I want to make them count. <laughs> coverage-wise, Phil, hey, hey coverage-wise, uh, before we let you go, what would you do with Kelsey and Hill? Well, I, I need uh, – you know, I, I want you all to tell me, is Buffalo the kind of team – that doubles. Are they? Yeah, yeah. In times they are. Yes. Which one do you double? Yes. Then? Well, oh well. Listen, there's no doubt. You you double team Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. If you can do that and have enough faith in your other guys, you can. And you don't even have to really double them. There's so many ways I've watched. You know, yeah. so many games just right. going. It's not a true double. But they kind of got it, and they're protecting a little more than just, oh, let's just go all out and put two guys on them and, you know, play a little back but waiting for a certain route to come. That right. means you're going to be a double. If it's not, then it turns into more of a zone, and you can help out the other uh, defenders there too. So, But Travis Kelsey is going to be – he's a nightmare. He really is. And, and it's, you know, you're the tight end. You're the closest guy to the quarterback. You're down the middle of the field. The options are almost unlimited, and you're, he, you know, for a tight end, he's got the, I guess him and Kevin, they got, they got the best wiggles in the NFL. I yeah. mean, they can shake and do it all, plant their feet. I mean, that touchdown that Travis Kelsey caught against Denzel Ward, I mean, come on. Yeah. Tight end, turning, hitting his foot and reversing and going inside. I mean, he made it look as good as any wide receiver you see in the NFL. Yeah, so, no doubt. He's the guy, I, I don't know. He's the guy I, to double are... in the red zone. That, that's for sure. That, I mean, to me, that would be the guy. The plays that Tyree Kill scores on in the red zone usually have nothing to do with coverage or right. mean anything like he beat double. It's usually, whoa, a speed sweep. He flew around and we couldn't catch him. Oh, he ran a slant and they threw a laser in there. Touchdown. He's not a, yeah. you know – intricate route runner jump ball 50 50 right. guy i wouldn't i don't think they're good enough to double both of those guys take your chance on I, I don't either yeah. you know do you take their their nickel safety or corner or teron uh, johnson right teron johnson is he good enough to come in the game and and play kelsey and do that i, I don't know i like him i think he's good right um, no, they got to do in and out things. They're going to have to double, like you said, have a, you know two guys are dropping in a zone, but kind of playing him and reading yeah. him. Like if he comes out, I got him. If he goes in, you got him. You know they're going to have to do stuff like that with Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, Teron Johnson. Those three having keen awareness mm-hmm. of where they are uh, at all times. And they, one thing that might play into Buffalo's favor too that we just haven't mentioned. Hey, we know we got concussion protocol, mm-hmm. but the foot. Of Mahomes, the yeah. turf toe. Oh yeah, right? that's 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 my whole thing. His that's movement. part of it, right? Yes, that's whole part. When I was talking about the rush, that's too. Now we got him where he's not going to be a sudden. I don't care. Listen, if he's which he does, I'm sure he has turf toe. Yes. And I don't care what anybody says. He it's it's sore. It might be good to start the game, but that, he's going to be limping somewhere before the game is over. Yeah. So that that that's that plays into what you do. And just if you contain him and make him stay in the pocket, and you can't play zone all the time. We, I think we've answered that question enough. Yep. Uh, you know, but like last week, I said if Cleveland plays the way they play defense, he's going to pick them apart, and he set his best playoff numbers or whatever in the first half against oh another zone, a zone, right? A zone. And it, it was, it wasn't that he made great. It was too easy. Way too easy. 
And in Cleveland, of course, you and I have talked, Christopher and Paul, they just they just made some mistakes. Uh, um, third and four, we got man coverage. Everybody is locked down. And you let the running back run a swing pass out of the backfield, which you wouldn't even look at him as a quarterback knowing, well, it's a swing pass. There's no way he's open. Oh, they didn't cover him quick enough. And they really, that was the biggest bailout play. Well, shoot, I shouldn't say that. The scramble by Chad Henney, too. Hmm. Let's drop 20 yards deep on our zone. Right. You know, and he runs 14 yards before the first defender can get to him, which is yeah, another cr- incredible thing. So definitely. But my last thing is, or whatever, if you got Kansas City is not having the success once they get down close to the goal line, it's just not quite the same. Right. You know, they're not they're not scoring every time. They're kicking more field goals than I hadn't even looked at the numbers. I'm just going to top my head. I go, man, they're kicking a lot of field goals. If I look as I looked over scores. Uh, you know, the last four or five weeks. No, no so, doubt. I mean, they did it. You know, the Saints, they kicked a few. Falcons game, 17-14. You know, there's the Dolphins and Broncos before that. Dolphins, they scored touchdowns early, but then went through a lull and settled for field goals as the game went on. The Broncos, they couldn't score touchdowns. That's all they kicked is field goals. You're right. They haven't been the red zone machine that maybe we had seen them uh, early on in Mahomes' career. You know, the last thing, and I will let you guys, you're doing a great job. I was listening, and I got to listen a little, and I've already written a few notes down, so I thank you for the information. Because, <laughs> um, uh. you know, people go, why do you watch all those shows? Because somebody might say something, and I go, that's really a good point, and I'm going to look into it and use it. Right. So, yeah. you know, Paul, I'm not just saying this to give my son any credit, nice. but I watch his show almost every day from start to finish, especially on Mondays and Tuesdays. Because I get my notepad out, yeah. sitting there, I'm eating breakfast. Oh, that was a good one. I'm going to remember right. that. You the, know, the, and I write it down to make everywhere. sure. Yeah. What's that? There are good nuggets everywhere. If, if you're on the look and you're curious and you're well-informed, there are always things out there that, that you can hear or read and use it for your own good. Yeah, there, there, there's, there's just a group of people that I really respect their opinions and how they see the NFL and all that. And I always kind of keep in touch with them every week as far as reading, if they're writers or whatever, or people that uh, come on TV and talk about it. Because I know they're really doing in-depth looks at teams and not just reading the numbers. Oh, his, all, you know, which I just go, oh, that's great. Okay, let's move on. But, right. You know, things like that. So it's, it's really an interesting matchup. Both teams, both games are. Very interested in Green Bay. Um, Christopher, I, I, you know, I can just say it. Yeah, I picked – Tampa Bay on Showtime last night, right? Uh, to win, yep. And just because when I watched them play the Rams, yeah, I just was, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, it just can they not get physically? No, I don't want to say dominated, but Tampa's a good matchup against uh-huh. Green Bay on both sides of the ball. Uh huh. <laughs> and the big guy inside, if he's healthy yeah. for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Vita Vea. I mean, if he's even close to what he was. That's going to be a big factor. Good night is right. Hmm. And, and, you know, the other thing is, I, I said that to, I was talking, you know, going, I, I'm going to look, you know, watch it. But, but he's not what everybody thinks. He's just a run stopper. No. He's a pass rusher. The, the, the best, one of the better interior pass rushers, pushers of the pocket in football. I know. And you never would think it. You know, I watched him at the University of Washington. Oh, that was pretty good. But I'm still all the time watching him at the University of Washington going, oh, he'll be great inside. He's mobile. He's got that – he's kind of got that Warren Sapp 
bot, not a body. He's bigger than Warren Sapp. But you know what I mean? Is that that they're just kind of and flexibility as hell. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's got that. So and I know he hasn't played in a long time, too. I forgot what week he went out. But it'll be interesting to see if he's Hey, if he can give them ten or fifteen good plays, uh, that could be, that could be the difference in the game. So okay, so that's good to know. That. So you got you got you picked Chiefs Tampa Bay for the Super Bowl. I did, yes. Okay, okay. did you go? What did you go? Because uh, I didn't the Showtime. I didn't see the pick segment. What did you pick? Um, like, did you pick spreads or anything like that? Did oh you yeah, that? we do it all against the spreads. So what? What was your? What was your? What are the lines right now? I don't even know. Uh, I think. Uh, let, me, let me think. Kansas City was a two and a half point favorite. Okay, so you rode with Kansas City and took them. Yeah, and then it's. Uh, th- it was. If I remember right, it might have been three or three and a half. It might have been three and a half. I can't remember. I think it's you know, three these. for both right now, as we sit here. Pete's telling me in my ear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. Look, I didn't even look at the spreads. Were so small. I'm just going. I'm going to pick the teams I think are going to win. Right, right. And I'm one game behind Ray Lewis. I was horrendous early in the year, but. I've been pretty hot here at the end. <laughs> you have been. <laughs> You've been really hot. So it is so funny. Ray goes, well, what are you talking about? Like, he, he's Mr. Cool now. Before he'd come in every week, he didn't say one word about the pick segments coming in this week because I've closed the gap from about 15 games all the way down to one. Mm. So we, we had a little fun with that. Yes. Yeah, the show was. Uh, Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. What do you think? Last thing, and Paul, did you watch Christopher? What do you think? Was I right on that last play that Kansas City ran? That the part of the so. whole plan was yes, the, the okey doke. I didn't see. I didn't see what he said. Well, the last play, fourth and one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's something he brought up to me on Monday. Uh, he calls me Monday night, and he's like, "Hey, did you look at the last play?" And I said, "Yeah, I did. I kind of looked at it real quick Monday morning." And he goes, well, did you notice how they kind of lined up? And I said, no, I, I honestly did. I didn't. I kind of just watched the play. Yeah. I wasn't like I'm trying to watch a bunch of the big plays from the weekend. And he goes, you know, they kind of walked up there and just acted like they were going to sit there, try to draw them off sides, okay. and were real nonchalant. And then all of a sudden it was just set hut, mm-hmm. and they went. And I think, I think, Dad, after watching it back, and then I know He's Dad right. did it on the show, I think you're exactly right, Dad. I think that was part of the okey doke Yeah. 
So they really, because you know what gives it away? Chad Henney is standing, his shoulders are slipped. Yeah, he's down trying to be little. relaxed, right? Yeah, he's got his arms to his side. Now, if you're going to run the play, you're, oh, yeah. here we go. <laughs> Even if you're going to try to draw him off sides, you're going to give him a more yeah. uh, energetic look or whatever. They didn't even do that. And I thought it was really cool. And it, he motions the back in the backfield. And then all of a sudden, we had the play clock. And it went five. And he bends over, hook. And they go, and, you know, Tyree Kill. Oh, my gosh. If you just give him, he is so. He made one step in and one out, and yeah. my God, he blocked by five yards. Wide open. You know? Yeah. But the, the point being that they had to practice that. Okay, guys, let's all go out and practice our acting here. Okay. <laughs> and I mean, that's the Chiefs. When it's a big play, do they ever just line up and do something normal? Very rare. I mean, I, I can't even hardly think of a time. No, you know, it's rare. Quarterback sneak, I, I, yeah. runoff tackle. It's it's going to be something that, you know, they're not – as I said it on the show uh, when the game was over, Andy Reid is going to take the burden off the players. He's going to do it with his scheme. Here it is, guys. All you got to do is execute it because it's going to be there. It's going to work. And I can name so many plays, and it's just really cool that he does it. And you and I have talked about, about this too, Christopher. This should be part of every offense every week. No in doubt. The NFL. No doubt. And yeah, and, you know. So well, whatever. That's All right. My two cents on it. You the man, Dad. Hey, you don't listen. Those notes you're talking about that Paul looks at or whatever. Right. Yeah. How come I never get them? Got to call and ask. That's all you got to do. Oh, I have to call and ask. Okay. Right. Don't text and ask. Phil, I, I, I know you have glasses, Phil, but I'm a little I'm a little concerned about your ability to read your son's tiny little cursive notes. Oh, that, well, listen, he sent them to me once. I just go, Jesus no almighty. Way, right? I mean, I had to put them on my phone and, and spread it out so I could read five words. You know, it was ridiculous. Exactly, yeah. And so, I, you know, you Paul, it'll change here soon. He's getting, he's over 40 now. <laughs> you know, he'll start seeing a little. You keep watching his tape and doing all this stuff. You, his eyes will get blurry, so then we'll get some bigger writing. It might be happening. I'm looking forward to that, yeah. yeah. All right, well, look, great prints. talking to you guys. Sorry to take up so much time, but have a good day. You're the man, Dad. We'll talk to you. Good to talk right, to you. See you. See you, Paul. See you. All right, bud. Bye. I wanted to get in a little <laughs> Philip Rivers ask. You know, I'm sure he said it on, You on don't a have number. enough time. Come on. He said this, this is the last thing he's going to say seven times. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I mean, I was going to fuck her. You want to just host the podcast? Holy shit. It's, it's, so, fun. it's fun to listen to you guys. Yeah. But I also feel sometimes like I should read her. Uh, it's hard. I just, I just, you like, just got to let him listen. back and yeah, let I'm him go. He's guys. already come in with a plan of what he wants to talk about. We yeah. could ask him, hey, Dad, what do you think of the, the, the color of the sky right now? And he'll go, yeah. you know, I was thinking with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So he's we can't you can't control him. He's like a oh a bull in a china shop. And you, you know this a thousand times better than me. But that's a perfect snapshot of Phil. He'll talk football with you in the weeds twenty four seven and do it again the next day, all day long. So all that, day long. That's just what he's doing anyway. It, it is definitely thinking and talking football. So no he just doubt. gets on the phone with us. He's going to get on the phone right now, and he's on the phone with somebody going, yeah. "Well, I got to get some work done." But oh, you want to talk? Okay, let's talk. And then it's, it's going to be two hours yeah. from now, and he's going to go, "Well, I got to get some work done." Oh, you want to talk? <laughs> he's going to go. He's yeah. going to go on and on. But he made a lot of great points, no Always. doubt. Last thing I want to just button up with the Chiefs and Bills. Yeah. Don't forget about this aspect, too, and why I say Bills, that balanced offense crap we talked about, it's got to go, mm-hmm. and what Dad said, and put the ball in Josh Allen's hands and all of those type of things. Like, the, the, this is where I do think quarterback run game could be a, a pain in the butt for the Chiefs, too. If they, they, that, this is the week. 
the Bills, I would have a few of those ready to go. Get them spread out. You got the pass game working. Well, we talked be, about those. Wouldn't be you know, uncommon if he did it double-digit times. No, definitely not. Yeah. No, def- definitely not. But it, it is a week, certainly, that I think you got to have Break a few in the game plan and have it ready, mm-hmm. especially if they start to just play coverage, coverage, coverage all the time. Yeah, you're not a great run team, but this certainly can give you a little bit of a schematical advantage there. Your dad picked the Chiefs to put a button on this one officially. You yeah. picked them too? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I'm definitely leaning Chiefs. I'm going to make my picks tomorrow on the podcast, but okay. it's hard. to. I, I, I really don't think I can pick against the Chiefs until I see somebody beat them in one of these type of games. So yeah. I don't envision not picking against them for a while okay. or, or picking against them in a while. NFC, Tampa yeah. Bay at Green Bay. I've been saying that was week six they played, but Pete, did you just say it was week five? Yeah, it was week six. Okay, week six, Bucks Green Bay, 38-10 to 10, Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. And this was Aaron Rodgers' by far worst game of the season. Yes. Not even close. There wasn't a close second. Whatever second was, it wasn't nearly as bad as this one. No, so, definitely not. Let's kick this one off the same way we talked about Chiefs and Bills. How relevant is the game that happened in October now? <sighs> there's, some, there, there's more relevancy to me in this game than there was the last game we talked about. Now, both of these teams have gotten better and have changed a little bit, but not, not as drastically different from at least the first meeting. You know, like we talked about, the Bills and Chiefs ran an offense in that game where I go, they don't do that, and they haven't done that really since then. Mm-hmm. So don't expect that. Um, this one is, yeah, there's been a few tweaks and changes, but, you know, as a whole, they're still running the same type of offense and doing those things. Here's the first thing I'm going to say. The Packers have gotten better at running the football. Mm. There's no doubt. Anybody that's been listening to the podcast, they become a force running the football. doesn't matter. Even when you play run defense, they can run the ball. Bucks have the number one run defense in the league. That's where – okay, so there's my first issue. And I, it still – it scares me. I don't know how that part of the matchup is going to play out. I do think – I mean, of course, we know running game is going to be important for Green Bay and all of that. But I don't know how successful they can really sit here and – expect to dominate the line of scrimmage like they maybe did last week or against the Tennessee Titans or against some of these other teams. I haven't seen anybody all year run the ball in the Bucks. Nobody other than the Vikings in early December. Mm. It's the only team, and that is a world-class special running back that's not going to be on the field in this game. I like Aaron Jones. He ain't Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook is really, really special. They allowed 10 fewer rushing yards per game than every other team in the league. They're, they're, they have tremendous size and physicality. Linebackers. And that's where I want to go next. And you might have saw my notes from the first game, and I write them again yesterday when I'm watching it back again too. All right. running the, It's hard to run up the middle against Tampa Bay. But forget fucking yeah, running yeah. sideline to sideline. Right. That, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. You can't. David and White are so phenomenal, yeah. you're actually better off going, let's just run right at Ndamukong Sue and see maybe if our guys can swallow up these smaller linebackers instead of uh, our, our linemen trying to get up to the second level and cut these guys off from edge runs. Green Bay in the first matchup tried to do that early on in the game. They tried to run outside. They couldn't fucking turn the corner for the lives of them. Right. They're not going to be able to. They're going to have to run at at Tampa, a little bit like you saw the Saints did. The Saints didn't even mess with the outside run game. Mm-hmm. All their successful Camaro runs were up the middle, and he weaved through. Right, right. So I would think that's the first thing that jumps off to me. And there would yeah. be the argument, too, yeah. just to counter that and say, why even try? Why not just throw, 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 throw? Well, I think this could be a game where they have to throw to set up the run. 
I do think that could be a real possibility. There's some concerning things about the first matchup. Dad hit on a few of them. The Bucks D line smashed the Packers all line in the run game and the pass game. Mm-hmm. It's a little scary. Now, I do think, like I said, the Packers have gotten better in both areas. Having played them, having watched the film back and all that, they're going to be ready this week. That, that's for sure. So that will change. I don't think they're going to dominate them you know, to that extent. But even when they got up to the 10 nothing lead, Paul, you know, the one thing that when you watch back is a little scary. And, yeah, it was 10 nothing, But I think what bothered me was lack of plays that were really delivered by the offense. And they moved the ball because of Rodgers the first yeah. few drives. I didn't come away going, wow, that was a great attack. Whoa, he was open. Oh, cool little run game play here. It was more like, okay, that was a nice run on the first drive. Oh, Rodgers got out of the pocket and threw a laser down the middle. Oh, well, Rodgers danced in the pocket and found the back when they were all playing man-to-man and he had pressure on them. They got the first down. It was a lot of that. And to me, there's a difference between that and, you know, okay, he's in the pocket, the first guy he's looking at, bam. Oh, first guy's not open, second guy, bam. You know, that to me is realistic. Okay, the offense is functioning at a high level. Right. This was offense and one guy at a high level. And that's where I get a little concerned going forward. Right. And going forward from those first two drives where they got 10 points, they didn't score again. And it was just an endless amount of of the rest of the time, quarters two through four, of punts, blitzes not picked up, confused offensive linemen, maybe confused Rodgers. Yep. And it was the first time all season, the only time all season, I think he was under 50%, and he threw more interceptions and touchdowns. Yes. No other defense touched that. Nobody. Against him. Now, the two interceptions, I think the one thing you can look at it and go, okay, he wasn't fooled or tricked or anything like that. It was an out route that yeah. was just a risky decision, and he threw the ball behind the guy. Yeah. The other one was that little slant RPO right. that went right off of Devontae Adams' two hands. It was True. into tight coverage. So at least they're going to be able to look at that and go, like, hey, you didn't get confused. You can excuse that. But the, the biggest point is blitz Still, after blitz after blitz. That's where we're going to go. Beat Green Bay. Beat Green Bay. Yeah. Gave them issues. And, and to me, here's the one area where I think, you know, they can change. I do think they're going to have to throw to win the football game. I just don't, I don't, I don't see them being able to dominate going, we're going to come out and run it, and you're not going to be able to stop us. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't, you know, against a lot of teams, I think they can do it. I think they're going to have to throw to win. Here was one of my issues with how they attacked in the pass game. They, they, they attacked at that point in the time, they were on fire, right? I mean, he was, I, mean, I don't know if he had thrown an interception that point of the year, right? He, he was like not. 11 touchdowns, Correct. no interceptions, yep. big plays. We beat the Saints in New Orleans, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. They kind of came out and just were like, oh, no, fuck you. We're going to still do that. Mm-hmm. We don't respect you. Right. And it played into the hands of the Bucks. The Bucks with their great pass rush. The Bucks love five-man pass rushes, you know, getting all guys, five guys one-on-ones. And I really thought the Packers called too many aggressive downfield passing mm-hmm. plays. That would be the one thing I would say, let's change that Green Bay and see what happens. One, this is a team that in their five losses, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I would say when I look at that and just go, what's the one common thing with all those five losses? To me, the thing that jumped out was teams threw the ball short on them. The Saints both wins. Nick Foles and the Bears short throws uh, to, to, to dice them up. Jared, I mean, Jared Goff and the Rams. Yeah, yeah. That, it was all short passing game to the slot. To me, that might be the area where you don't let the pass rush get off yeah. because you're getting the ball out of your hands pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And, you know... 
it, it, it's a good way to dissect a young secondary yeah. who might not be on their ball with every rule in the world as Correct. far as zone coverage together. Awesome point. So of those five games yeah. where the, the teams kind of hurt them throwing a little bit more conservatively, which of those five schemes could the Packers watch that film over and over and say, we can steal from what they did because it's kind of like what we can do anyway? The Rams. Okay. The Rams are the one. McVay and Lafleur were on the same staff. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods tore the Buccaneers a new asshole. With what kind of routes? All these little slot option over-under routes where in our West Coast offense, John Gruden, who taught McVay, and of course McVay taught Lafleur with Shannon and all that, we would call them bullseye routes or race routes. But either way, it's the same thing. It's a guy sitting at five or six yards having a little option route. Mm Mm-hmm. You stare him down, stare him down. Oh, wait, he's there? Boom, hit him. Oh, wait, the linebackers converged on him? Great. We got a little in-cut right behind him at 12 yards. Oh, there goes that linebacker. Oh, you took away that option route. Well, look at that hole you left right there. Boom, 12-yard completion, easy one. They killed them with stuff like that all game long. That, to me, would be something they can steal and even, of course, the Saints in the 38-3 victory. Yeah. Some of those type of plays, too, in the first half before the Bucks finally said, wait, we've got to play some man-to-man and adjust. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to be able to play the same defense they played against the Saints last week. This quarterback can throw farther than right? 20 yards. You know, he can scramble. They're not going to be able to get in their face and play man-to-man and just say, oh, we can blitz because we know he won't get out of the pocket and do all those stuff and make crazy throws. Yeah. They're going to have to be a little bit more careful about their it, approach this it, week. They would have to completely change, right, just in terms of the, the parts of the field that are going to be threatened in the passing game. Right. Times 10, right? Times 10. More aggressive passing plays. Yeah, they'll have to be careful about, again, they're going to want to play man-to-man. Mm-hmm. But it's like we talked about with the other matchup. You just, you, you gotta, it's just got to be a little bit of a roll of the dice every now and then. Right. I think this is the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're in this personnel set. Let's play man-to-man here. Yeah. But if you, make a, if you make a living trying to play man-to-man against them and he gets a feel for it. Right. I mean, one, Adams is going to beat you man-to-man. Two, Rodgers and them, they have too many pick plays and things like that. Yeah. They're going to find a way to, oh, you're man-to-man against our slot, two slot receivers here. Oh, they're going to run real close to each other and rub each other, and now one of right. your guys isn't going to be covering. And you have to be careful about that, too. So I was trying to think about a game that was more recent where a, a team really got after Rodgers in, in this run now where I think since that game in Tampa Bay, I mean, Rodgers is over 70%. They're yeah. scoring 31 points a game. Right. I think he's like 37 Seven TDs to three picks or something stupid like that. So I was trying to think of a recent game yeah. where a team really came after him. Tennessee did. Tennessee blitzed a lot. What did Aaron in that scheme do differently on that day, which was, you know, that was in December, I think right. late December, right. that looked a lot different than how they tried to beat Tampa? Well, you know, I, I would say that would probably be one of those where I'd look at and go, you know, remembering – off the top of my head, first off, they ran, they could run the ball in that game against they the Titans. They were running so, better. Yeah, so yeah. That, that helped them out, yeah. certainly. You know, the blitzes, and if just remembering the Titans game and everything like that, I feel like there was a lot of, a little bit what we're talking about, if I'm remembering co- correctly, is just, hey, get the ball, get it out of your hands quickly, let's execute and kind of just move the ball that way. And then every now and then when they felt like, okay, now it's time to take a shot, they took mm-hmm. a shot in the pass game. But if I remember right, that's kind of the way they approached that game. Yeah. Now, they're just not as talented up front 
as the Buccaneers True. or in the back end that way either. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to – I want to pull up the, uh, the stats from that game just to refresh my memory from that Titans he, game. He absolutely torched them. And torched I remember them, right. they, they really were, they were aggressive with the blitz. And it just made me think, boy, why weren't they as successful with it as a team like Tampa Bay was? Now, every team has kind of tried to come after him a little bit because you have to at some point. And nobody's done it the way that Tampa Bay did. Yeah, no, no, nobody did. And I also think, you know, like we just talked about with the other matchup, I think it was Green Bay team where it was like, hey, everything's worked that we've done so far. Let's just yeah. keep it rolling. Whoa, wait, this team did this to us and we got to figure this out here. Yeah. I think it was a little bit more of that too. They've grown as an offense. They've become more physical, certainly. And – you know, I don't know. Rodgers is in the zone right now. I don't expect him to throw two bad interceptions in this football game. Right. This is where this game gets interesting to me. You know, it really does. I honestly think the Tampa Bay is the better football team. I do. And I know we're going to switch it to the other side yeah. here in a second. But in Green Bay and the Rodgers factor, mm-hmm. I, I don't, that's where I go, ugh. I think Tampa's better, but those two things there scare me a little bit. They definitely do. I mean, Green Bay and Rodgers are a different animal. Rodgers, the pressure's on him this week. I, that, I will say that. The pressure, it's not on Tom Brady. Everybody thinks, I mean, if, if Tom Brady doesn't win, everybody's yeah. going to go, you're still fucking awesome, you're yeah. the GOAT. Yeah. If Rodgers loses, everybody's going to be like, oh, I fucking can't beat Brady when he's 43. Yeah. Can't even beat him. You think uh, he feels that? I feel like he will. Yeah. yeah I do. Yeah, I do. I, I feel like both, all these quarterbacks are going to feel a little pressure this weekend because this one's yeah. personal. Yeah. Both for both, all four of them. Mm-hmm. I think Josh Allen felt the Mahomes pressure effect in the first game. Yeah. Because he was young. like, I'm on the big stage and yeah. Mahomes is the man and I want to show everybody that I'm the man. Right. You know, and he missed some throws early in the game. You know, I also think Mahomes is going to feel the Josh Allen pressure in this game, too, and be like, yeah. wait, wait, this fucking guy's getting kind of good here. He's kind of on my heels. Rodgers is going to feel the Brady. Well, Roddy, I think I definitely do. Yeah. I think he's going to be like, shit, this, is, this could help my narrative a little bit in the big picture of things if I could beat Brady in an NFC championship game yeah. and go on to win the Super Bowl. I, I, I think all these guys are very aware of that status. And who knows? Hey, Kel, maybe he is as aware uh, and feels – Maybe a sense of what you just said. Maybe he knows this other team is, if not as good, maybe as a total team better. So that, that would force a quarterback, if he's 22 or 37, to feel that way too. I, I, I would I think so. Mm-hmm. I, I would think watching the game back, he's got to be sitting there going, I got to fucking play good this week. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's going to be on me. Yeah. I, I would think Rodgers, he's too smart and realizes that. He sees those big fuckers in Tampa. He's going... I don't know if like Aaron Jones and Dylan and everybody up the middle is going to be a real consistent positive thing for us this week. Right. So uh, that'll be that'll be interesting to watch altogether. I think we kind of hit all the main points. You know, Got you there, yeah. Well, the, the, the one thing I'll also say, we talked about the short passing game, those things he could steal from McVay. I do think another thing they can do, we talked about those linebackers, how fast and aggressive they are. Yeah. You know, the play action over the middle, yep. that could be something they can certainly hit on a little bit. Um, but but the, the sum it all up, that's what one of the things I wrote. The Bucks, four to the five losses, short passing type of games, and – and I wrote, other than a few RPOs in that first matchup, the, the Packers were just too aggressive with their route combinations down the field. It led to pass protection issues and everything like that. They need to call shorter, more surgical routes uh, and find holes in their zone coverage. And then that'll help wear that r- front rush out a little mm-hmm. bit and help their O-line and pass protection too. It's good stuff, though. I'll be keeping an eye on that Sunday. Yeah.
for sure. Tampa offense, Green Bay defense. A lot of things I want to talk about with the Tampa Bay offense. But yeah. the first thing I've written down here, of all the eight units that we're going to be watching on Sunday, you know, both sides of the ball for four teams, is, is the Packers defense the least talked about, like the, the least amount of buzz and conversation about that group? I think you're right. Right there? I mean, yes. Yeah, I feel like it's like the Bills, I feel like their defense, at least somebody, people have been talking about it a little lately. Both sides of the ball for all these teams. You're right. Except the Green Bay defense. So what's what's the identity? What's the starting point that we should be aware of and talking about with the Packer D? Well, the Packer D, it's a good defense. I'm not going to say it's a real good defense. They're good at everything. I'm not sure they're elite in one thing. You mm-hmm. know, like we could say Tampa's run defense run is elite. defense in the league, right. yeah. You know, uh, I mean, I could say things about Kansas City's eliteness on their certain areas of their defense, right. whatever. And, and how much better but Buffalo has become defensively. Definitely. Their, their creativity and disguises yeah. are elite. They have other aspects that are elite there, certainly. Green Bay, really good. What worries me is what you heard my dad say, mm-hmm. is last week – I know they played pretty good defense against the Rams. You know, the Rams didn't kill them in the run game. But still, it was 18 for 92. And really, you knew they were going to run those plays. Talking about Cam Akers. Cam Cam Akers, 18 for 92. You knew they were going to run those same two runs basically all game long. And then all you really had to worry about in the pass game is the boot. Yeah. And they still ran it on you. Not to like they gashed you. But what bothers me about watching Green Bay, and I think to what like my dad was saying there a little bit, is they're in the right spots. They, they're, oh, guys in the right gap. Everything's good there. But no one physically dominates a play ever. That's what bothers me about Green Bay, and that's what I worry about in this matchup. Tampa's O-line is gigantic. Yeah, right? They're gigantic. It's kind of overlooked because Brady's getting and earning so much of the talk. But I was in a conversation with a defensive coordinator who in the last month went against them. He said, hey – if, if they wanted to be a power run game and beat you every week with the run game, they, they could. can do it. They are that good up front, and the backs are more than capable. That's what they did last week right? The, the, against the Saints. Yeah. They ran the ball. The balance was awesome. And, and almost managed Brady to a degree. Listen, with, with their O-line being that powerful, that scares me for Green Bay. Mm-hmm. You know, the play-action pass, their ability to keep people in to protect Brady – and do aggressive throws down the field, that's scary for Green Bay, in my opinion. And, you know, I just think with, with um, uh, what was the point I was going to make here? I lost my train of thought a little bit. Hold on. But, but I, I guess it's just what I was saying is yeah, they're in a bind. Mm-hmm. They're in a bind. And Tampa, this is where I was going, sorry, I think has realized how they want to play. They're going to continue to I – th- I don't think they care about boring football anymore. Yeah. I think they really look at it. Again, I would say another common theme with their five losses, mm-hmm. okay, with Tampa. We talked about the defense. Here's another theme with their offense and the five losses. In all the five losses, they all had moments of Brady panicking yep. and this blitz and I don't know what it is and let me just throw it because I'm old and I don't want to get hit. And they led – in all five losses – yeah. Really, in the month of December, what we saw last week, and, th- and I'm not trying to say Brady's a manager. They're just taking the thing that we know he's weakest at at this point of his career and limiting that, limiting that for their football team. Right. Where they're going to go, 
No, we're not going to get into we're going to throw it 45 times a game because he's going to make two or three mistakes if we do it that way. Right. We're, going to, we're more assured of playing a consistent game if we run it, run it, play action, run it, max protect, let them throw the ball down the field. And that's where they're different now than they were then to where then they were still in this a little bit of a we're shotgun, Brady, right. let's do some of the, t- the New England stuff. And that's where I think it's going to be harder for the Green Bay defense. So true. And I just want to, I want to yeah. attach on a couple of things to the points you made. Number one, in terms of Brady not making mistakes recently, the six-game win streak, 16 touchdowns, one pick. So the offensive line has been tremendous at keeping the pressure off. And he's been better, too, about not looking panicked. Definitely. And not, not forcing the ball uh, either. I think one of the biggest uh, mis- uh, misconceptions about this Buccaneer offense, uh, no risk it, no biscuit, they're down the field. They're aggressive in the middle part of the field. The 15 to 25 yards, that's where they're pushing it. It's not the we're bombs away kind of offense. Right. And I think in these last two games of playoff wins, I'm not going to say they've reinvented themselves, yeah. but they can shift. They have, I mean, in, in that game on Sunday, 33 pass attempts, Brady, 30 rush attempts. The balance has been tremendous. Fournette in the two playoff wins, more carries than any two run, any two game run yeah. of this season. Right. You know who their leading receivers are in the postseason? Guys with the most catches? Ooh. Cameron Bray and Scott Fournette. Oh, it's Fournette, right, right. So, again, not reinventing, yeah. but they can beat you with the big-time passing game, yeah. or they can run it and not dink and dunk, but hit a backup tight end and a running back more often than Mike Evans and Antonio Brown and beat you that way, too. They definitely can. And, 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 and see, that's where they become dangerous, too, because they call routes down the field for the Godwins and right. Mike Evans, but then they have a Braid or Fournette underneath to where, wait, the pressure is on the defense to defend those deep passes. Yes. And then, oh, wait, Fournette's wide open underneath or one-on-one with a linebacker, and he catches it and nobody's in the screen. You know, that's how he caught a touchdown last week, certainly. But the, you're exactly right, and that's what makes them – them dangerous uh, d- to me. They have figured out, like we have said for the last six weeks, how they want to play and what makes them the best, what makes Brady the best. And I do think their run game is going to be key to this game. You know, the first time around, the other thing that just jumped out to me more than anything, especially early on, you know, is, is Green Bay was all over some of their pass game stuff. Now, he made a completion or everything like that, but it's still I was like, oh, Green Bay was ready for that route or, you know, it wasn't like this was wide open or anything like that. Now, as the game went on, the dam kind of broke and they started to kind of whoop their butt in all areas, and I think the Packers kind of just realized it wasn't going to be their right. day. Um, but but I, as I went through that game more and more and the just thinking about right now, and I know the Packers' defense has been playing well, mm-hmm. I, I just sit here and go, I don't, I don't – I don't know if they can really slow down Tampa Bay consistently all day long. I don't. I don't see how. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be. I'll be interested to see how they do it or what the plan will be. But uh, I think this is a very tough matchup for the Green Bay defense. It's been a machine since they. They remember Week 15 in Atlanta. They were down 17 nothing at halftime. Yeah. Brady threw for 300 in the second half. They scored. I mean, over 30 points. They've hit 30 every single game since. He's not turning it over. There's a lot of reasons to like Tampa Bay on the road here. Your dad just picked them. And I know you're officially picking the game tomorrow. With I don't Mike. know where I'm going on this one yet. Are you leaning? Like, I, I kind of gave you my little, like, I, I, I think Tampa's Felt a better to me team. Like you're leaning Tampa. I, I, I feel like I am leaning Tampa. Mm-hmm. But I have been burned in my life many a times where I go, 
you know, oh, I like this team and they're a little better, but the best player is the quarterback on the other team and they're not that far behind as a team to where I go. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's what I did in the Super Bowl last year. Mm-hmm. I went with 49ers. I went, yeah. I went to the 49ers. You know, they're the better team. I know Mahomes is the best player, but they'll do it. And then, ah, no. Yeah, yeah. sorry, Mahomes is better than everything. And last week at Buffalo, too. And last week at Buffalo, too. There's right. no doubt. Exactly right. That's where, that's where I'm, I'm going to really think about this all day. Mm-hmm. But I worry about the Packers having to put too much resources into having to stop the Bucks' pa- run game. Mm. And then it becomes play action, Gronk down the middle, play action, Mike Evans' 20-yard in cut, and those type of things. That really worries me about them. You know, last week... The Saints have a great D-line. They played too deep almost the whole game. I mean, almost the whole game because they had a D-line where they just said, we're huge up front. You guys have to try to stop the run because I don't know if we can cover all these weapons and pass stuff. Right. So they played that angle. But the, the Packers are not good enough up front to do that. So they're going to have to have people down there and play some defenses to stop the run game. And that could lead to some wide-open passes. To me... The best defense for the Packers defense in this game is going to be Aaron Rodgers continuing to put the pressure on the Bucks offense mm-hmm. to where the Bucks sometimes feel like we can't be balanced on this drive. We're going to have to throw it the majority of the drive. If they can get them in those situations, they can win the game. But if it's just, you know, back and forth, one score game, they're up by a field goal and Tampa can run and stay consistent and balanced that way. Yeah. That's where I worry about Green Bay. And then I just go, well, man, I mean, maybe they win, but Rogers is going to have to make magic happen late in the fourth or something like that. There was nothing that that very good New Orleans defense last week could do to make Brady feel They didn't perform like they felt any kind of sense of urgency or panic. They stayed with what they were doing, yet they knew the offense on the other side wasn't going to put points up. So if it's 14-3 in the first, you think Arians, Leftwich, and Brady get kind of knocked off of what they've been doing? I think they'll be a little bit – because, one – it's just a different – they're not playing the Saints and Drew Brees and, and a team they have real great famili- – you know, they probably could feel comfortable doing things against the Saints. They play them twice a year. Yeah. Okay, we feel good about what they do and how they attack. You know, this is not the same familiarity. And you have a guy where you go, wait, shit, he's on fire. It's 14-3. This ain't looking good for us today. Mm-hmm. I mean, this might be one of those days that we kind of have to keep pace and score. Yeah. And if it does become that, then I do say advantage Green Bay. Green right. Bay wants you to play a passing game. They don't want to play big boy smash mouth football. Yeah. That's not what they're built for. That, that's going to be one thing to watch for it's sure. It's incredible how that dynamic, the other quarterback, is different from the first playoff game, the second to the third for this team. Because you go from Taylor Heineke to Drew Brees being a little bit limited with that offense right now. To now the laser show. Yeah, and now now here comes number 12. Right, I know. I'm so excited to watch the matchup. I think the game's going to be a great matchup either way. All, 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 you know, both games, all four quarterbacks, I'm excited to watch it all. Um, and hopefully those are some good tidbits and some information that people can use, betting or whatever, just to sm- or just sound smart when you're drinking you a beer watching the game. <laughs> and I'm going to, whatever else is happening at my house tomorrow morning, I am tuning it out. I'm going to watch your pick. Okay. So at about what time on NBCSN can I shut it all else down? Uh, you, it'll be the say, podcast. I'm watching Chris. It'll Leave be the, the PFT PM Chris or PFT Chris Sims and Button uh, joint podcast collaboration. So it'll be it's on a lot Peacock. Of words. It's a lot of words. That is a lot of words. Peacock. Yep. Find it on there. Okay. You'll see the podcast, and yeah. then we'll have our official picks and break down the games and do okay. all that. I'm, I'm going to seek that out. And I'm texting you either way. All right. Good. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters 
both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. All right, are you, are you ready? Let's do it. It's a it. lot of warm-up. It's a lot of warm-up for the championship weekend quarterback Jeopardy. Let's do it. All right, to review, you were five for five last time. Right. Pete and I didn't think you were going to get more than a couple. Right. Okay, and I, I have the same concerns today. Shut it. Going in. All right. Championship weekend edition for 100. Patrick Mahomes has the best one-two pass-catching combo in the NFL, Kelsey and Hill, both easily over 1,000 receiving yards this season. Who had the third most receiving yards for Kansas City in the regular season? Hmm, that's a good Some one. good candidates. That is a good question. Yeah. It's not Sammy Watkins. Um, I guess... It's, I mean, it's between McCole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson. I'm going to go with Demarcus Robinson. Hardman. Are you serious? Yes. Damn it. It was very close. Like, was it, it was close? Like, yeah, Pete's upset. Yeah. Pete's on the ground right now in the fetal position. <laughs> it's okay, Pete. We have That's all right. More. That's okay. Yeah, I, don't mind, I don't mind one like that. I was on the right track. You were, yeah. You know? It was within 100 yards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was tight. Okay, 200. Josh Allen was born in May of 1996. Earlier that year, the Cowboys beat the Steelers to win the Super Bowl. Right, I was there. Who were the starting quarterbacks for each team? Troy Aikman and Neil O'Donnell. Of course. Oh, got them both. Yeah. yeah. I knew you'd get Troy, and, and, and you got Neil as well. You didn't think I would get that? It's a little obscure, Pete. I mean, Neil O'Donnell? I mean, you didn't think I would know the starting quarterbacks of a Super Bowl team? I, I don't want you to get everyone wrong. I just uh, want you to think a little bit. You know, and before that, in the yeah. championship game, okay, it was Brett Favre versus Troy Aikman. Well, that's easy. And it was Jim Harbaugh easy. versus Neil O'Donnell. Neil O'Donnell's on a different level than those guys. <laughs> Pete said it's a layup. I, I think it was like an open eight-foot jumper. It wasn't exactly a layup. Okay, all right, okay? fine. You yep. hit it. You... Eight-foot jumpers are like layups for me, okay. so no problem. All right. This is the first of its variety. We're going to have a list, a list of things you're going to have to come up with. Okay. 300. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers ran the postseason table on the road following the 2010 season. Right. They won at Philadelphia, at Atlanta, at Chicago, then beat Pittsburgh in the Super Bowl. Right. Name the opposing quarterbacks of each team Rodgers beat. Okay. So we start um, in Philly. Start in Philly that year. And Whoa. Pete, well, all he's thinking, Pete, do you want us to go – one, and then the next, and the next. You want him to list all four. Okay, all right. Uh, Philly's going to be the tough one here. So this is the one I got to – so I know it's I know it's Big Ben. There you go. Let's go Jay the Cutler. Way, yeah. Yes. And he got hurt in that game, but and he's still – Todd Collins and Caleb Haney. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we have Matt Ryan. Yes. This is 2010. 
Holy crap. It's not Donovan. So, wait, wait a second here. This is Michael Vick. Is that your final answer? Yes. You got it. Boom. Yeah. Way to go. I was scared there. Yeah. I know. I, I was like, man, wait, is that the Nick Foles year? But the that Philly was like, one was the only tough, tough part. That was the Philly one was the only tough because you're, you're trying to remember, like, wait, is McNabb still there? He had just left, and yeah, that yeah. was the Michael Vick year. Yeah. Yeah. Two for Booyah. three. Two for three. Very nice. Thank you. 400. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the first question was a wide receiver question, too. I thought this was quarterback. I told jeopardy. you at the top it was connected, <laughs> know, to, and some of them were connected to the quarterbacks. Yes, I know. Because <laughs> this one's also a receiver question. Okay. All right. All right. 400. Tom Brady will play in his 14th conference championship this weekend. January of 04, he and the Pats beat Peyton Manning and the Colts in the snow. Manning threw four picks. Remember that game? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Which receiver caught the most passes from Brady that day? He had eight for 68 and a touchdown. Eight for 68 and a touchdown. That's the 2000, what year is that? So it, that, that it was, game took place in January of 05. January, oh, so I'm that's sorry, the, 04. January of 04. So it was the 03 season. So it's yeah. the divisional round game, right? No, no, no. Or, it was the, the championship? AFC okay. title game. Because I know one year was a championship, yeah. one was division. Right. Okay. It was in Foxborough. It was snowy. Well, all right. So that time, I mean, it's really down to two guys, I would think, and that's Troy Brown and Dion Branch. And actually, I don't even know if Dion's quite there yet. I, it's Troy Brown. I'm going to go with Troy Brown. That's what I would have said, too. It was David Givens. David Givens. Yeah. Wow, good name he there. Was, he was a nice player He for was a, a good player. David Givens, they had, uh, you know, Bethel Johnson there on that team. Yeah. Yes, okay, David Givens, good one. So good Br- one. Brown led the team in receiving yards that day. It was, it's, it's a bit, you know, he was, he was kind of correct. Maybe you get 200 out of the 400 Brown, Oh, he left in, yard, he re- yeah, left yeah, in yeah. yards but not receptions. Correct. Oh, yeah. got you. Gibbons got had you. the most. What an asshole for I that know, question. I know, I know. <laughs> Bit of a technicality. Room to finish on a good note, though. Okay. 500. Yep. Backup quarterbacks one play away from being the difference in their team going to the Super Bowl or going home. Right. Chiefs backup Chad Henney, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Kansas City's divisional win over Cleveland. Would start Sunday if Mahomes is not cleared. Who is the backup for the other three teams? Okay, so, holy crap. You know the one I'm going to forget is the Packers guy. Of course. <laughs> that's the only holy reason it's in there. crap. You want the layups first? So, we know we got Matt Barkley. Yep. Uh, we know we got Blaine Gabbert. There you go. Um, Green Bay. Green, uh, Green Bay. Damn, I cannot. Number eight. I just can't think of his damn name. I thought it was, yeah, I was surprised when I Go ahead, that. tell me his name. I'm not going to be able to pull it. Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle, shit. Eastern Kentucky. And he is number eight, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. fucking A. Fucking so like, motherfucker. Sprained ankle, Rodgers goes out, in comes Tim in Boyle. In comes number eight. How about that? <laughs> Damn, I know. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's risky. Damn it, I can't believe that. Totally, totally, totally. I should know that name, even though I knew it was number eight. But I yeah. just couldn't think. I couldn't think of the damn name. I choked. Pete, Pete wants me to back up and do points bet because I, I skipped it. Oh. I blame your dad. Back up. Whether I can or not. Sure. Points bet. Most passing yards in the 2020 playoffs provided by Points Bet Sportsbook. There we go. Tom Brady, 580. Josh Allen, 530. Yep. Rodgers and Mahomes behind them. They're too far behind at this point with Rodgers, Mahomes. You know, they played one less game than the other two. Yeah, so. Explain now, these odds to me, guys. I'm not. I'm not we're saying after the playoffs, so even if they get to the Super Bowl, right? 
Well, then this is not over. That's right. Because, you know, Rodgers and Mahomes certainly can have big games this weekend and then have a big game in the Super Bowl and catch up. It's a calculated yeah. guess there, no doubt. Yeah, you're mad at me about that. No, <laughs> but I, I mean, Brady, Brady, I mean, he's going to be, Brady's going to be too hard to catch. Yeah. If he wins this weekend and gets to the Super Bowl, I don't right. think it, but, but if he does lose, then, you know, I don't know, I guess Mahomes would probably be still the guy. It's hard I'd to go, go against him. It's hard to go yeah. against him is right. Right. It really is. Unless you pick Buffalo. I know, which I don't think I'm going to. Did. That's one I feel like I'm going to end up picking the Chiefs for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you got the Chiefs and the Bucks. Chiefs, well, I think. So we'll see. We're not sure. <laughs> All right. That's it. That's a show. We There's did a it. Show that's a show. Good show. You're the man. Paulie Burmeister. My mic's falling off. I saw that. So, uh, thir- anybody. Thursday podcast. PFT Chris Sims unbuttoned collaboration. We'll do our joint picks pod. Yes, it's only two games. But we're going to break down like all matchups. Really talk it out. Get Florio's feel. Florio's been very good with his best bets. So you can make some money doing that. But Paulie. Good combos. You the man. Way to drive the car. Peace out, everybody. Be good. Tune into that Thursday podcast. If not, all good. Have a good weekend. Enjoy Championship Sunday. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.